0: back. First reaction show after the Olympic trials. They're here. We are underway. I am in the first floor of Gordon's house. Gordon is in the second floor of Gordon's house. It's all happening. Gordon, how are you?
1: You look like you're in a white cube. Like you're in like some like sci-fi movie scene where someone is like dreaming and they're like in an empty white space because you got the white mic and everything. Just mm-hmm. look mm-hmm. like a dream.
0: You know, I'm feeling great. I appreciate you giving me studio space. That's all I I have to say here. Thanks, everybody. Tuning in live right now on YouTube, put your questions or comments in the chat. Who impressed you on day one? We're also going to introduce a new segment today because I watched the meet with Gordon and he said, oftentimes, what are we doing here about things that were going on? And obviously, there's a lot to shake your head at. There's a lot to get excited about, but what are we doing here? That's what we're going to talk about later on the show. Let's get right into it, though, Gordon. Let's start with this world record on day one from one Ryan Krauser. He'd been knocking on the door of what was once thought to be an unbeatable mark. Popped a 23-0 earlier in the season, but just goes right out and gets the thing done in the fourth round of the shot. Put 23-37, Gordon. Twenty-three thirty-seven smashes a thirty one year old world record. his old personal best as I mentioned was twenty three oh one. the previous world record was twenty three twelve. And the coolest part was he knew it right as he threw it right after it left his hands. It was like a three point shooter just already walking back on defense and putting their hands up to celebrate. Um, it was almost like it was the reverse of that gif that goes everywhere with with Nick Young and he puts his hand up and the ball goes in and out. This was the opposite of that because right after it left his hands, he knew it and he threw 23-37. I can't get over it.
1: Yeah, 23. It's When you break a, a world record in a, in a field event, typ- typically it's by a centimeter, a millimeter even. Yeah, you know, yeah. in the pole vault, they always go one centimeter up. He broke it by almost over 30 centimeters. Yeah. It's insane. Like you don't do that. Normally a world record is such a – a Money School improvement, but it makes sense that he's doing this, right? He's been throwing over 22 meters backwards, blindfolded. You, you know it. He's mm-hmm. going to throw it. Uh, but like twenty-three that's insane. Trey Hardy said on Twitter, world record, I seen it. Long time coming. I lost my voice. Love it. Twenty-three thirty-seven. <laughs> I can't believe it. All caps. <laughs> it was insane. Speaking of Trey Hardy, if you guys are watching the broadcast, Trey Hardy, He's he's doing good on the kale diet, looking good, looking slim, like he's a distance runner all of a sudden. (laughs) Going from decathlon to marathon. Anyway, but uh, yes, Ryan Krauser, unbelievable. It makes sense. He's throwing so well that he should be flirting with the world record, and now he's Mm -hmm. breaking the world record. And overall, that competition was pretty good. I mean, the top five, you could argue, were all Olympic medalist caliber talents. Mm -hmm. And hey, if you're competing against Krauser, you're like, yeah, get the world record now in June and then have your off day in August in Tokyo, right? That's what Joe Kovacs is probably thinking. It's like, all right, get it now because I, I need you to have a your one bad six throws uh, in Tokyo. But overall, yeah. great competition. Kovacs threw well and Peyton Oderall making the Olympic team for their top by
0: three. Yeah, by three centimeters. That one was real close between him and and Hill, I remember when Krauser first broke 23, and we were half joking about, hey, is he going to make 23 what 22 was? Because 22 was hard. And then he just did it over and over and over again the last couple of years. And you look at what he did in this competition outside of the world record, you know, put that aside 2261, 2255, 2273, 2262. That's an insane series by any standard. It just so happens that on top of that, he layered a twenty three thirty seven, and that's. And so we're, we're not even paying attention just to the consistency that Krauser brought to the series. Every single one of his throws was better than um, Kovacs' best throw. And what do we think? Is I mean, Kovacs is the second best throw in the world right now. I mean, at, at worst he's you know top three, top four in the world, and Krauser's putting a whole series better than everybody else. It's just. It's a lot of fun to watch a guy completely in his zone right now and doing it at the highest stage. I wonder – you know, he hasn't even come to the press conference yet, so I haven't had a chance to ask him. But how much of this was just the stage? How much of this is finally you're thrown in front of people? You're not thrown in these small competitions. Yeah, I know the crowd wasn't as big as it could have been or crowds that when we return to full capacity crowds – could be or will be, but how much of this is just, Hey, it's the Olympic trials. Now it's not some random meat in the middle of Georgia or in the middle of Texas or in California. It's like, this is the trials. That's going to give me those extra 20 centimeters.
1: Yeah, for sure. I was thinking, you know how you have like the ice bucket challenge and like mm-hmm. weird, like challenges people do. You need to do the Krauser challenge. And what that will be is <laughs> you have to take a weight and you got to throw it 22 meters, six times in a row. And mm-hmm. you can see how heavy of a weight you can get to. A shot put is sixteen pounds, so clearly he's the only one in the world who can do that. But like, what weight could you throw twenty-two meters, like, six times oh, in a row? Yeah, yeah. Did you throw a five-pound I mean, weight twenty-two meters? I guess five pounds. Eh, I don't. I don't know. I want to. Yeah. Like, what's the limit when you start being like, all right, you can't do oh, this because
0: it's, it's 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 incredible. It's, it's low, and then you and you throw a, th- a twenty-three meter throw on on top of that. Yeah, it's. I wouldn't I don't think I'd get much much above uh five or ten pounds for me personally. It would have to be a very, very, very uh, I don't know. Like you are you talking about like baseball style throw or shot like actually shot shot put style? I guess you
1: have to do a shot put style b- to be legal, but yeah. I'm just Same thinking the idea well. of throwing a throwing a rock twenty-two meters six times in a row just seems very <laughs> tiring. Yeah. Let alone doing yeah. it once. Yeah. So. yeah.
0: so he's he's at the top of the all-time list now. Ryan Krauser 23, 37. Takes Randy Barnes's mark off of the books, and now you look at his whole career, right? So now he's one, five, six, seven, ten. All so you're talking about a guy who not only has the best mark, but all those other marks that he built up during the last couple of years when he was working up to this really completes his resume here as as an all time great. I mean, you still want to see him go and win in Tokyo to add uh, add another gold medal but can't do it much better than that out the gate i was i had a feeling cuz we talked about the shot put and we talked about how far krauser was capable of throwing but i don't think any of us said the the w word at all and we probably should have because in this meet where are the where are the events where there's a world record possible probably just that one the 400 hurdles for the women right
1: yeah
0: and the men I, the the men too i guess you could say cuz bryan benjamin's pbs at least in the neighborhood but that's yeah. it I don't think there's any other event where a world record is, is possible. And on day one, Krauser, Krauser checked the box.
1: We also crowned three more Olympians in the, the mm-hmm. only track event that had a top three finish to make the Olympic team. The men's 10K. Mm-hmm. Uh, it started kind of interesting in the beginning. You know, we had a bunch of college kids kind of taking the lead. Connor Mance was up front. Eastside Rodriguez was there. Robert Brandt controlled the pace for a little bit. And then mid-race, you saw saw the U.S. Army guys take over a bit. And then Mm -hmm. basically, it didn't really become the true uh, guys who would end up being top three, be in front of the pack until like the final three, maybe two laps. Uh, But during that 28-minute race, there was like a mini-story going on about the DNFs, right? You had Lopez LeMong pull out because of an injury, a hamstring injury. Eric Jenkins, here's here's a gif of Lopez LeMong uh, feeling that hammy on that Mm -hmm. back turn. Uh, Hopefully, this isn't a sign that his 5K is now up in the air because, hey, man, Mm -hmm. like, is he going to be able to get through a kick of closing in a fast 54, 52-second type kick in a a 5K? I don't know. And then Eric Jenkins, he kind of pulled up as well. There is more of – Lamont. Lemong. I love this gif because gifts are not video and we can show that, right? It's great. Little 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 edge. We can show little gifts. Um, but Eric Jenkins pulled out, which I think was more like, hey, I'm not making a 10K team. I gotta save it for the 5k. But outside of those two guys going out, the story was who's gonna make the team? And basically, once we do the pace, it wasn't an Olympic standard pace. It was gonna be one of five got three of five guys: Fisher, Kincaid, Klecker, Ben True, and Emmanuel Bohr. Bohr kind of went out early, and then finally was down to Final Four. And Ben True and Klecker were neck and neck with 300 meters to go. But then Klecker was able to just make a different move. True couldn't match it. And Mm. then it basically was smooth sailing for the two Bowerman guys and Klecker. And that's your Olympic team, Kincaid, Fisher, Klecker. What are your thoughts on these three being our Team USA?
0: Yeah. I mean, Kincaid, obviously super impressive. And ever since he ran that sub 13 in the forest in Portland, you had to think he had a shot at at running at this, at this, you know, at this stage performing like this, but it's a whole different ball game to do it in championship races. And in 2019 USAs, he was obviously in the mix and running really well, but he didn't have the standard. And that was kind of a a quirky race there. And they were playing games with Chalimo and, it wasn't as high stakes as what this was, and this was a clutch performance by by those guys. I mean, by by Kincaid and Fisher and Klecker. Just it seemed like he was able to latch on, and True True didn't. And and once that initial move was made, there was no response. And Kincaid, Kincaid closing in fifty three five obviously is a is a is a terrific sign. But yeah, I think a lot of the drama went out once once it got like you knew it was only between five people based on the standard yeah. and you and you did you cross-referenced your world rankings numbers so you were basically like yes it's these three plus boar plus um uh true and that's it right it's a five it's a five person race and that's it um i mean galen Rupp was in the race which made it kind of interesting they were really nbc was really hammering the the galen rup angle i mean twenty seven fifty nine. I mean, me closed in 59 he was there at the bell and then that's the difference between Galen up the marathoner and Galen up the, the 10k runner. He closes in 59, and Kincaid closes in 53. That's that's it. Right? That's the difference, <laughs> Big difference, right there. Yeah, I, I mean, I'm with you. I thought a lot of the drama during the middle was just in who was dropping out. Lewis Johnson was super busy, like he was catching up with everybody who dropped out. I wonder if he's going to keep that pace throughout the entire meet. Like, is he going to interview every DNF in a distance out. race? Yeah. Well, and then and then NBC. NBC debuts like the dropout cam. They're like following the guys through the tunnel and underneath the stadium. It was a good look at seeing the new Hayward field and how everything was, was, was configured. But yeah, great race. You know, true. I, I talked about it in the preview show you know, he's made teams before, but he's also been so close so many times and has had so many near misses that you, you know, you feel for him because he always is, is in the mix and you think, man, he's in a lot of 50, 50 races or 50, 50 kicks. And he comes out on the short end of the stick um, a lot of times. And I thought in this race, he had an opportunity to to do it, but just didn't have the the, the closing speed. I mean, you look at, so this is true history, 6th in 2012. Uh, he was 4th twice in 2013, made the team in, the, in 15. He was 5th in 2016, 4th in 2017. He was 7th in 2019, but made the team though, right, because of injuries and scratches and things like that. So, yeah, so – you know 6th in the Olymp- in the trials in 12 uh 5th in 16 and then now uh 4th but I'm sure he traded all those just for one
1: yeah he's got a lot of heart man to, to keep chasing that dream after losing your sponsor um still has another shot in this 5k but you would think now looking at the 5k field it's you know once you throw in a Paul Chalimo, those other younger guys, like yeah. the college kids. Um, it might be I, harder to make yeah. that team. I mean, you could hope maybe that like a Kincaid and Fisher or maybe they make the 5K and then they scratch. Do you think that's scratch a possibility? Out, yeah. I mean, that's a possibility, oh, it's, right?
0: It's, it's certainly a possibility. And it's also a possibility they run it and then scratch it later. And it's a possibility they say, I want to be a double Olympian. And the 5 and 10 double is easy, easy in air quotes to do. At the Olympics. So let's just, let's just, we're in good shape. Let's just keep it rolling. With people like LeMong and Jenkins, though, I remember 2016 and it was hot during the 10K race there. The guy dropped out midway and I was thinking, oh, it's over. And then he came back later and (laughs) won the 5K. And I remember Hassan Mead was like, he took his glasses off and like spiked him on the middle of the track midway through just because he was having such a, there was a lot, a lot of DNFs there. And, some people bounced back and some people didn't, so it's impossible to know. But the fact that Lemong was an injury and it wasn't just a the heat got to me or I, I just didn't have it, I think that's obviously concerning. And in Lewis Johnson's report, they mentioned a specific uh, right hamstring problem, so that's worrisome for him. Yeah, he's got a few days to to get it together, but yeah, Kincaid, Kincaid, Fisher, and and Klecker. I, So, I mean, guys who had the standard, proven guys, made the team. I don't think that's that. It can't be that big of a shock.
1: I am shocked that Fisher lost to Kincaid. Fisher has been kind of the best guy at Bowerman for Mm. the past year and a half. And Kincaid, Kincaid's like an interesting story, man. He, coming out of Portland, he was kind of like a low-key, sneaky guy that maybe would have a breakout NCAA performance. But then he got Mm -hmm. tripped up in an NCAA final. And so... He never really had that like marquee run in college. And so yeah. he kind of was like a low-key, like low risk, high reward type signing that Bowerman did after he went when he after he graduated. And he was yeah. dealing with injuries. He had a he had a breakout indoor 5K, but nothing was really shown yet in a, a, a meaningful race that was like, hey, you can be an Olympian or a consistent world qualifier. And then his breakout season was a season where he just didn't have the standard in anything in 2019. And now he was able to have a whole year to get the standard, and now he was ready. And he's basically doing what he did in 2019, but this time with a resume. And now he gets to represent Team USA as a result. He's had a wild career from unknown at Portland, dealing with injuries, not making teams because of no standard, to now winning the Olympic trials 10K. Over, I would argue, the heavy favorite, which I thought was Grant Fisher. Mm -hmm.
0: Let's move over to the women's 5,000-meter prelims. The second heat was all chalk, and they didn't eliminate that many people at all in this event. But I want to focus in on Abby Cooper in heat one in what I think was one of the most exciting prelims I've ever seen. Uh, And, yes, I've seen Jared Neguse's ACC prelim, but – This was an incredible run. We were wondering what she was doing, and then you realize, oh, she doesn't have the standard. She's trying to run the standard. Come to find out in the press conference afterwards, her coach told her before the race, he looked at the weather forecast for Friday, and it's going to be in the 90s, and he told her, hey, if you can go for the standard, now's the time to do it because it's probably not going to happen on the final. So you could get top three, and it won't matter on the final because you got to get the standard. She'd only finished a couple races at all this year. So her world ranking wasn't that high. So this was in a way her only opportunity, her only chance. And, and she did it, got it by a couple seconds. The crowd you could tell was super behind her once they realized what was going on. And she's obviously had a journey throughout her career. You always see the shot of her, her falling in that race and um, the Nikki Hamblin, the New Zealand runner and her running together. But it was just, it added some life into a lot of prelims that just were barely eliminating anybody. And it was, it was kind of fun just to see someone do a pure flat out solo effort.
1: Yeah. I mean, we remember Abby D in the Dartmouth days dominating uh, the fields, especially being in the Ivy league. Will Gohegan tweeted, that was a Heps Abby gap. Uh, and it wasn't like, <laughs> I don't, she didn't plan it either because she mentioned in the press conference that going into the race, it wasn't going to be right. like, she didn't yeah, go for it from her. the gun. She, she waited like a mile before she actually yeah. tried to run the standard.
0: Right. The, well, the coach told her ahead of time, but I think it was a little bit of wait and see. I mean, you can look at the splits here. So she goes, I just lost it, man. Literally just lost it. Uh, you said it was about, was it 2K in or just before 2K? It was like it's
1: 1800, 1600 in. She, that's when she yeah. started hitting it.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So she goes, she's running 75s, which is 15.37 pace, right? And then a 76. And then she starts from 1800 to 2200. She goes a 70. And that's when she broke away. Then 70, 71, 73, 72, 72, 71, 70. And then closes with a 68, 9. Um, yeah. I think it was in her head that she wanted to do it. But I also think she was maybe testing the waters a bit, seeing if people were maybe trying. Maybe she knew she was going to launch that move. And she's like, I need to run with people for as long as I can. Like I'm going to have them carry me for as long as they can before I set off on this, on this solo trek." And again, she could have easily qualified because they barely inner you know, eliminated anybody. But the whole point was to run under 15, 10. So she'd have the Olympic game standard. So she could go to Tokyo if she finishes top three. Now top three is going to be ridiculously difficult to do in an event where, Rachel Schneider, Josette Norris, Christian Swisher, and Elise Cranny are looking like a really solid top four, but she at least gave herself a chance. That's all you can ask for.
1: You mentioned, I'm, I'm, I'm going to go, I'm going to it now. I know we're only 20 minutes into the pod, but I just got to get over it. What were we thinking right now with this first day of competition? Yes, we had a world record. What are we doing like here? Yes, we had a, what, what? We had we a great 10k. In? But What are we doing here? Let's bring up the results. Let's start the women's fifteen hundred. Travis, can you bring up the women's fifteen hundred results? And scroll down to the women's fifteen hundred results. We'll bring them up on the screen shortly. Here, we'll get them.
0: People, all right. Basically,
1: you scroll down, scroll down all the way to the bottom. Thirty women entered. Two of them were DNSs. So there's only twenty-eight women who are on the starting line, and twenty-four moved on to the next round. So. 24 of the 28 field went on. In the 5K, it was very similar to that. There was like six DNSs because a lot of them were 1,500-meter runners who DNSed. And was, they only eliminated like four women again in the 5K. In the 5K, mm-hmm. th- four women got eliminated. It went from 20 to 16. You can see this also in the a little bit in the 400s, but not as much. It really was more in these 5Ks and 1,500s. Why are we having a pointless first round in the 1500 and a pointless prelim in the 5K? I get it. Yeah, They're doing it because it's what the Olympic schedule is like and you want to simulate the Olympics. If you're going to do that, then invite the amount of people that are in the Olympics. Don't have a field of 20 go down to 16. Have a field of 30 go down to 16. What are we doing here? I don't get it. It's not fun TV. I agree. If Abby Cooper doesn't do what she did, what are we watching? Yeah. We're just watching people do. Lolly jog. Okay, we all ran 1540. All right, let's we're done. Let's stupid. Come on.
0: Yeah, so I think a couple issues here that are going on. One, you're right, is the is the field size and then two is the trying to mimic the exact race structure of the Olympics, which again, I get why they do that. I think it makes sense especially with the doubles but then when you're actually watching it and you're trying to get excited about it and you're like oh i haven't seen such and such in so long and then you watch them for a couple laps and you're like all right cool wait how many people are they eliminating in this like you're really just seeing a warm-up round you're really seeing a warm-up round and you're basically you're eliminating people who were either really really low ranked or who just didn't have the fitness coming in because of an injury or some sort of issue, yeah. but are trying to give it a shot. And you know, it's awesome that they're there and and I admire them, them going for it, but any like you needed what 1542 is that 1542 to qualify yeah. for the women's and then on for the women's 5,000. And then in the 1500 for 14, I mean, great times, but just there's no drama in who's getting cut. And then what's funny is then, then the opposite happens is then you go from, semis to finals and it's like whoa how many people go yeah it's like barely it's like barely anybody but yeah that second heat, we did the math and it was the second heat of the 5k there wasn't enough people in it to eliminate enough people in the first heat even if they all ran super fat like taylor werner taylor werner was outside the big q's but she she should have gotten a big q because mathematically she was already in Based on yeah, uh, based on how many people were left, like only twenty women ran this ran those ten k or five k heats. Twenty total between two heats. I guess you know. So yeah, part of me thinks if you know it's going to be twenty, put them at least in one final. Merry Christmas,
1: straight final. final. Yeah, Merry Christmas. Yeah, yeah.
0: yeah. (sighs) Uh, All right, I appreciate everybody who's uh, tuned in to the podcast live stream put your questions in the chat we got one here from laura who says what if the guys in the top three make it in the five could true then go in the 10k yes is the answer to that question he definitely could and i just mentioned a situation 2019 where true was way back finishing in the 5k but because of injuries and standard issues uh he got to go now the standard is not at play in the same way that it is uh, it was in 2019 with these guys because we know that the top three has standards. But fourth can be heartbreaking. Fourth is heartbreaking. Let me clarify. But there's been a lot of That's people best. who
1: yeah.
0: have been upgraded, right, for a variety of reasons who, by the time the Olympics uh, come around, do actually get to run. But right now he is in the outside looking in. Put more questions in the chat if you got them. Thanks, everybody, if for tuning been true. in. If you're True, mm-hmm.
1: If you're Ben True, would you uh, – I'm trying to think of a scenario where losing to them is better than beating them. I don't think that's a situation. I was thinking, like, would it make sense? To, like you say he could work, beat work. Fisher. If he could beat Fisher, but he chooses not to because he knows if Fisher beats him, he'll then scratch the 10K and he gets the 10K. Well, it doesn't make any sense because he hates the 10K okay. anyway. So I don't know. I'm, I'm, I'm talking some weird – like tanking situation in track and field, which doesn't exist. <laughs> so
0: well, I take it back. look at look at the five k. I mean, knowing what we know now, and we're we're gonna move off this in a second, and we'll go to the to the other events here. But knowing what we know now, based on the ten k, like does that? I mean, that obviously, is gonna influence your your five thousand meter picks, correct?
1: Yeah, because you can you can argue. I think fish. You can argue Klecker is gonna be like. A lot more loose and maybe not be as much of a threat because he's like, I got my spot. Like, it's kind of like mm-hmm. you're running it more for fun. Uh, you can say the same thing with Fisher and Kincaid. They could be like, there's just, they know they have a backup plan so they can fall off. You know, Lopez is dealing with that injury. Eric Jenkins, you don't know. Um, yeah. I, if I had to update my 5K picks, mm-hmm. my 5K picks, I think, stay the same. I, my 5K pick, I still have Fisher. Limo and um Cooper Tier. Mm-hmm. But if I had Kincaid you... in my 5k, maybe I would take him out. I don't know, because I'd be like, hey, he's in the 10k. I don't know. You don't know what these well, kids looking... want, right? Do they want to be 10K? You know, you just these don't kids. know. kids.
0: What do these kids, kids want? That's crazy. Uh no, Trevor, we have not talked women's hundred yet. We're gonna get there. Thoughts on Mance uh from Sigma Stew, Gordon.
1: He he runs the way he's been running since his 22 year old freshman year. I mean, he's he keeps going chugging up front. Uh, he finished well. He finished fifth. Um, beat Galen Rupp. The the battle of cross country champion American champions Rupp versus Mance. Rupp got the best. Of, I mean, Mance got the best of Rupp just by a, a hair. Um, mm-hmm. I I hope Mance. I mean, do you think Mance is? coming back to college or do you think he's still, or do you think he's ready to kind uh, of go pro and focus on half marathon, marathoning and 10 K in the future and all that stuff?
0: I think he'll come back, but I, I don't yeah. know. That's just, I guess. I mean, that's great experience, man. He got fifth in an 11 yeah. trials. He So Chris Derrick, Chris Derrick. Yeah. He finished one second behind Ben True and one second or a 10th of a second in front of Galen Rupp. That's just great. That's great experience. So, Sure. I think we'll see him in the future. I mean, think the key is just to closing, you know, getting taking that closing speed to the next level yeah. and being able to close like the guys up front. Getting a lot of questions about the hundred, Gordon. A lot of questions about the hundred. Yeah, well, the questions uh, about the
1: hundred because we watched everyone who was good qualify. I guess we did see a 1085 or 1084, which is pretty damn quick for a first round.
0: And Shakira Richardson did that, by the way, if people wonder.
1: Yeah, Shakira Richardson ran ten eighty-four. And we didn't have a podcast since Blessing ran her ten sixty-three when dated. Mm-hmm. So the women's hundred right now is just there's a lot of fast things going on. You saw what happened in NCAA's. Yeah. You see a first round be one in ten eight. You saw what blessing mm-hmm. did it back in Nigeria. Like it's just I'm excited. For, I I want the Olympic hundred meter final to get here as soon as possible, but uh, yeah, I think we're going to see a ten seven at least in the final from Richardson. What do you think? Over under ten? I'll set the over under at ten seventy five.
0: Under, under. I think we might see a ten a ten six. I'd put the over under at ten seventy two. What she's which she's run before? Okay. Yeah, I thought she looked completely in control, real smooth. Um, You know, I've been kind of trying to figure out how fast this track is, and we don't have a ton of data on it, but 1084, that seems to be her her baseline. And then I think she'll just ramp up from there. Javian Oliver ran really well and broke 11 seconds. So did Kayla White. Gabby Thomas, who's doubling, you know, we know her more as a 200 meter runner, ran 11 flat. Tiana Daniels and Ilya Hobbs, we talked about, you know, are the veterans. It's funny to call Tiana Daniels a, a veteran, but you know, she's been out of college for a couple of years and already made a team. They looked pretty good. They're the fifth and sixth fastest qualifiers. Bryant was solid. Uh, Tamara Clark didn't qualify, which is a big surprise. And Tanisha Terry, who was my pick to be on the team, which I got I got some grief for. I got some people saying, you know, what, what about Cambria Sturgis? Uh, Cambria Sturgis looked really good. You know, she ran 11:15, 15 but she won her heat. And Tony Chicharri was fifth in her heat, you know, made it through on time. So right now Sturgis looks like the, the better pick. But Clark being out, I think, was the biggest surprise.
1: Yeah, Clark coming out. I did not see that coming. Uh, be able to focus, kind of maybe rebounding that 200. Sturgis is looking good, man. Whenever she yeah. runs these races, she just looks like she doesn't. It's just like going checking into work and going home. It's like, oh, I'm here. I'm gonna run ten nine and move on. Like it's just like super simple and easy for her, which is like kind of a great headspace to be in for such a high pressure yeah. event like the hundred. Um I I mean, I'm I'm not changing my order, I don't think. I guess Terry is kind of the one that you kind of like, uh, but maybe she's yeah. had a bad day, a bad start, you know. I guess we'll know I mean, more about who they yourself. are once we get to the semis.
0: Yeah. Listen, I love staying with my picks regardless, but how many times – and someone can point this out if it's happened that you can remember. How many times has someone finished fifth in their opening heat and gone on to to make the team or finish top three? Like, that's hard to do. That's hard to do because the momentum is clearly going in the other direction. Not saying it's impossible and it can't be done, but in a 100 where you're not really – it's not like a, a fifteen hundred meter prelim where you're just shutting things down early and you're looking around and you, you don't care about a lane draw or anything like that. Like this is the hundred, uh, so that would be worrying if you're if you're pulling for her. But I think it's going to be real. I think it's going to be real exciting um, because again we have this convergence of the vets and and the younger folks in here. Richardson is floating above it all, but I think we're going to see. I think we're going to see fast times from second and third too. I, I think Shakari is going to win. I think she's going to win comfortably, but I don't think it's going to be a situation where, you know, 11-0-1 is going to get you on the team. I think I think at minimum, I mean, you might need even, even like a 10-9 low. I think you're going to see some PRs from the top, the top three here. And it fits in, as you mentioned, with the trend right now, all across the world with women's 100 meter running. Who would you say impressed you the most other than Richardson who outperformed their, their ranking going in or their seating going in the most in the women's hundred.
1: To me it was Tiana Daniels. I mean, mm-hmm. she wasn't running anywhere close to 11 flat the entire regular season. And to come out in your first race, go 1102. I thought it was like, okay, you clearly know you're clearly timing your fitness correctly. Mm-hmm. And I think with her experience, she should be a threat to you know, potentially grab the, a, a third place finish, and Gabby mm-hmm. Thomas looked good too. So those are my two that I would say most impressed me.
0: We got a lot of people in the chat saying, "What about this event? What about that event?" We're going to get to all the running events. That's the thing about the show. Every night we're going to get to every single event, so you don't have to worry about it. We got it all. We got it in all in there. Gordon and I watched it together. We took notes. Gordon vomited while watching the Sixers. It was a very yeah. intense evening over here in in Austin, Texas. But we got it all we got it all covered. So you don't need to worry about us. Yes, Do it again on Sunday. On yeah, got it again on Sunday. So rest up, I guess, Gordon. So let's move now to the. Let's stick with the sprints here. Let's talk about the the men's and women's four hundred. Men's four hundred surprises. People that overperformed or underperformed. You know, Trevor Stewart, top qualifier. Elijah Godwin looked good. LaShawn Merritt, the final uh, qualifier. Um, Randolph Ross got through but didn't look as sharp, obviously, as he did at NCAAs because that's a really high standard. Kamari Montgomery didn't make it. Michael Norman didn't like his race, but that's kind of par for the course of Michael Norman. Uh, What did you think about the, 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 the men's side of things?
1: Yeah, I was surprised Randolph Ross was third in his heat. I was surprised that Will London won his heat because we haven't said Will London doing much. I was surprised seeing um, Elijah Godwin do well. Michael Norman, I wasn't that surprised. It's like, whatever. He's he's thinking bigger and greater things. And LaShawn Merritt holding on and finding a way to make it to a semifinal. The, the odds of him making it to a final will be wild. But if he does find a way to make a final, he's on the Olympic team because they take the eight, 400 meter run. Like, if you make the final, if they have an eight field final, you go to the Olympics because there's the, the co ed relay. They take yeah. six for the relay and then an extra two for the co ed relay. So you just got to make that final and you're on the four by four.
0: I'm sure that's what LaShawn
1: Merritt's thinking. Just got to make the final.
0: Yeah. Michael Johnson sent out this tweet, which I thought was interesting. I really like Michael Norman. Huge talent, but he makes me worry. Never looks confident. Never sounds confident. Hoping to see consistent domination from him soon. It's definitely in him. Uh, I think that's just Michael Norman's personality in terms of how he sounds and how he talks. Uh, he seems like a guy who's you know, he's self-deprecating, does not take himself too seriously. We're basing all of Michael Norman's big meat performances pretty much on 2019 world championships. That's it. He got beat at us trials by Fred Curley, but Fred Curley ran an amazing race. And both those guys ran really fast. He picked up an injury, went to Doha, didn't go well. 2020, the Olympics were canceled. And now we're in 2021. And I think we're building, we're gate, we're becoming, we're falling into the same trap. I think that you did almost with Brazier where it's like, is he a big meat runner? And it's like, well, he's, 20 or like, he's only been through this a it's couple of times. Was, yeah. No, no. At the time he was only 20. Oh, right, okay. Like yeah. it, like when he got DQ'd at world indoors, it's like, this is becoming a trend. It's, it was kind of weird fluke thing. Like they could DQ'd everybody at world indoors that year. You were in the media zone and yeah. you got a red card and you don't even know why. Yeah. So I think I normally be fine. I think what happens with these races is he goes and runs. Uh, he airs on the, on the conservative side. In the, in the prelims? Because I remember in Doha, I interviewed him right after the race, and it was kind of a similar interview that he gave to Lewis Johnson tonight where he said, Coach, watch, is going to be mad at me. Like, that was not the plan because he left it too late. Now, with the ban- benefit of hindsight, oh, he was probably being cautious because he, had, he was nursing an injury, and that's what took him out of the next heat, and then he was out. So it really wasn't about tactics. This, I think he's fine. I just think he's trying to conserve. I think he's smart. But it's like if you're saying – what he says, hoping to see consistent domination from him soon. He's won all of his races this year, all except of for it, this one, right? Okay, I don't, but it's a prelim. I don't really care that much about the prelim. But any diamond leagues he's won, he's won an yeah, NCAA yeah. title. He's run forty-three-five. Uh, he he is not someone I worry about in terms of big meat performances. He just hasn't had a ton of reps at it but the reps that he has had has been pretty good when you put aside the one blip in 2019
1: yeah i agree with everything you say i think michael norman should break michael johnson's record and then get this tweet screenshotted and put on a t-shirt
0: and then be like
1: is this confident
0: (laughs) i do like like michael johnson just it's like taking shots at people i think I think that's fun. As like a, as he's he's playing the role of like elder statesman like they do in the NFL yeah. or the NBA and then all the young guys be like why are the old guys just why don't they pass the, tor- the torch already? Like why don't why don't they just uh, why aren't they happy for us? Like the Shaq uh, and
1: Charles Barkley. Yeah.
0: Exactly, exactly. Like, hey, you don't even know what it's like to be in this era. Uh I just thought it was interesting. I mean, when it says never looks confident or sounds confident. I don't know what that means i mean i would you rather have somebody with false bravado hey and listen american record is held still by michael johnson so if michael norman does end up breaking it he could he could then definitely put the tweet on the shirt and be like hey am i confident now because i'm ahead of you in the all-time the all-time list um women's side of the foreign uh felix looked strong Kaylin Whitney, that was a surprise. Got a PB at and Jonathus, ran the best race of the year and looked like the Waddell and Jonathus of 2019, which is a good sign for her. And Kendall Ellis, I thought, was was impressive.
1: Yeah, I mean, seeing Waddell and Jonathus run well, that makes the team harder to make because we didn't know if she was back in being a 50-0 type runner. And clearly she's able to do that here in the prelim. With Irby running still consistently, Felix, she was fourth here overall. What's mm-hmm. your confidence level that she can be top three?
0: High. Still very high. High? Yeah. I think this was this was a good opening round for her. I thought that she didn't exert herself too much. Still got the win, 50.99. I think of the people, this didn't really eliminate anybody. There was nobody who we thought yeah. that would be a factor that that totally showed that they aren't ready. Like Phil's Francis, you know, ran 51-3 and finished fourth in her heat and still advanced. But we had talked before about how it'd been a couple of years since she had run a really strong race. I guess I mean, you know, Quinner Hayes only ran 52, but she shut it down super early. So it's like if you're looking at it just based on time. But I think you have you have Hayes, you have Jonathan, you have Irby, I think you add in maybe Whitney, maybe, uh, and then you have you know Felix, Ellis, and Beard as that group. So you know we'll see after the something I mean, We'll get the answer very quickly about who's going to make it to the final. But I, I have no doubt that Felix will make it through to the final, and and I'm I'm feeling confident she's gonna she's gonna make it. I think it's no one no one showed up and like blasted everybody for 300 meters and then jogged in and ran 50.9. And a thing mo didn't appear on the track, which I think was another possibility that is is big for any of the 400 meter women.
1: Yeah, it is possible. Maybe if if it, if we know the way USATF does their whole who's in and who's not in on the start list uh, as we saw what happened the past 48 hours, Shelby will Yeah. Maybe a thing that was like, "Hey, I'm coming, you know, we'll see, uh, but yeah, well, well nothing too I, crazy I, though, I, I thought I, in these four hundreds, I mean, no, I but really I think
0: if you're you going in and your whole rooting interest was like Allison Felix, Allison Felix, Allison Felix, I think you'd be concerned about Jonathan showing that form, and you'd probably be concerned about Whitney, but other than yeah. that i I think you're okay with where you're at after the first the first round. you know you've done this before, can really lean on that experience. You you won your heat, and and you uh, you know exactly what you need to do to win this to, to win this event. And I think the semis tomorrow. Oh, they already have the heats out. Here we go. So now we can look and see who's in her heat for tomorrow. She's in heat one with Hastings, Francis, Stepter, Anderson, Ellis, Beard, and Diggs. So it's top three plus the next four fastest.
1: We should oh, save sorry. talking about that tomorrow at it. the end of the pod.
0: Hold on, hold on. <laughs> Top three. Well, this is the end of the pod. Top three no, no, to talk about. Next two fastest. I just i I'm just I want to put a bow on the four hundred. Okay, put the bow. Tie it. bow
1: is on the we're 400. And the bow has <laughs> been placed. Okay. Uh, men's eight hundred. Everyone yes. gets through. But there are a couple of question marks, I felt like there were some interesting things that happened. Brazier kind of got boxed, but he was fine. Um Jewett, did well in a slow race, which I thought was impressive. Hopple and Murphy and Harris and all the big guns got through. There was, though, a little question about Hopple, where during the press conference, one of the journalists asked Hopple if, if he's hurt, and Hopple kind of ignored the question. Mm-hmm. Should we be concerned about Hopple being a lock with Brazier?
0: Did he look hurt when he ran? Or was this more a question about, hey, you haven't been running any of these you haven't run a race in the last month? Is there anything wrong? Or was it based on how he ran? Because he looked bryce hoppily to me. Yeah,
1: yeah, I don't know i I wouldn't even think to ask that question, but the fact that he didn't was he didn't he kind of ignored it. makes you think maybe yeah. there's something, but maybe. He's clearly not injured, so that's why he ignored it. He's like, "What? He didn't even remember the question because it didn't make sense to him."
0: So, <laughs> well, and and then they asked Brazier, like, "Were you limping or something, or, or did you have an injury?" And then he just said, "No." And I, I mean, Brazier looked fine. Someone can correct me if I'm wrong. I didn't see any any issue with Brazier other than he got boxed, but Sawinski moved out, and he was able to to slide in. That inside pass move happens a lot when you're in second because the person in first does tend to to drift a little bit. And it wasn't unrealistic for Brazier to tactically put himself in that position. I think he probably knew that eventually the rail would open up and he'd be able to go by. You know, what's weird about injuries in track and field. I know they don't want to have any excuses, but the reason why you disclose injuries in other sports is because you don't want opponents attacking them. You don't want someone to know that your right arm hurts because then They'll try to hit you in the right arm, or they'll attack you at that that pressure point. But in like, what are they going to do if Bryce Hopple said, "I sprained my ankle"? Are they going to be, "Ooh, Bryce Hopple sprained ankle"? Let's really go at him from the gun, really put pressure on it. It's an eight hundred. That's what they're doing anyway.
1: It's true. I want to give a big shout out though to Shane Strike of Lipscomb. He qualified. I think he's going to be the Craig Engels of 2016. Explain. He has, he's, got, he's got a mullet going a little bit. Oh. He's kind of from – he kind of has that old school move of like not really winning any race but kicking well in the final 50 to find a way to sneak on to the next round. That's what Craig Engels did in 2016 where he kept on finding ways to make a final in both the 8 and the 15. A couple of them had to deal with some DQs, but he made it, and that kind of took off his career. Shane Strike, Lipscomb. He's my fun wild card of the eight hundred. I hope he makes the the final out of the the second out of the semifinals, so I can cheer for him. But that's I'm a big this is a Shane Strike fan podcast until the end of the eight hundred. So we should get sponsorship.
0: Uh, yeah. So yeah, you were big on Lipscomb. You were you learned the fight song, which I thought yeah. was a lot a very committed, uh, Gordon Mac. When it comes for to Brazier and Hopple and Murphy and all these guys, I think we'll know tomorrow in the semis. I think the difference yeah. between the first round and a semi in the 800 and the 1500, in particular, it's is so massive. So different. So we'll know they'll actually get put under pressure in these heats. Can I mention the semi heats for tomorrow, or do you want to wait?
1: Yeah. Well, now let's talk about tomorrow. Let's let's talk about tomorrow. So, Travis, this is the clip. What is going down on day two of the Olympic trials? Kevin, hit me. What's going down?
0: Well, it's going to be highlighted by the women's 100-meter final at the end of the night. But we also have semis in the men's 400 and women's 400 and in the men's 800 and women's 1,500. We'll also see the men's 100 open up. But it really is that women's 100-meter final where we'll probably see something – Special from Shakari Richardson because that's what she seems to produce over and over and over again. Let's dig in though. I want to on, on some of these semis if we yeah. could.
1: Yeah, the day of the semis that's what they call it. The day, of, the great day yeah. of semis. You got women start the women's 15, women's 15 semis. Let's bring that one up. What do you think? Mm-hmm. Do you think anything chaos can happen here in this women's 15 semis?
0: Of course, of course. And the fact that things were pretty chalky today leads me to believe that we're going to see some upsets tomorrow. So top five in each semi plus the next two fastest. I mean, Ellie Purrier saint Pierre looked really good as per usual. I think there was not any shocking results. I thought Jenny Simpson looked solid there. She ran 410, which coincidentally was the time of her first Fifteen hundred of the year. She's only run three now, but I think every race that she runs, she gets another one under her belt. Uh, what did you? What do you think about these?
1: Well, these the, the death how they heat. It, it, yeah, the death heat is heat two because heat two has Danny Jones who can kick, El Perrier, Saint Pierre, great new name for the record. Shannon Oseka who's four um, zero, and Sinclair Johnson who we know can when she's all put together, she can put down a good. Mark is what she did in 2019. So that's, yeah. what, four athletes that are, like, legitimate? Mm-hmm. So to get into that top five, I feel like it's going to be very hard um, to get the, the big Q. And if it's slow, then it gets even harder, right? If, mm-hmm. if the first heat goes out fast and second heat's, like, chilling, that's the death heat in my, in my mind is heat two of the women's 1,500.
0: I mean, heat one's pretty tough, too. Hiltz, Simpson, McGee, McLean.
1: You, come on, you can't do that though. You can't put Simpson as like, she's running 408, 406. Like the people mm. who have been running I, well this year,
0: you know. Sure, sure. Okay, it did break down along, along those lines. I, I agree with you. The men's 800 semis, the men's 800 semis. So you have Murphy, Jewett, Hopple, Alvarado in one heat. And then in the second heat, you have, Sawinski, Wendell, Miller, Kidder, Brazier, Rhodes, Dolan, and Harris. I think Heat Two is the what, what do we call yeah. these? The Heat of Death. The heat, of the, heat of Death heat Two.
1: Death Heat. Yeah, Heat yeah. Two. I mean, having Brazier, Harris, and Miller, yeah, all in the same heat, and Kidder who ran well, surprisingly well, and Swinsky who was right up there with it. I yeah. think, yeah. I think that's going to be the faster heat if it goes out, honest. So yeah. Definitely, definitely, death heat is heat too. I don't see anything crazy happening though. I mean, especially because they used to do crazy um, qualifying where they would just do top four and top four, yeah. which I never understood. But luckily, they're not doing that here. It's top three and then next <laughs> two fastest times. But I remember yeah. in 2016, it was just top four, top four, which made no sense. But top three <laughs> with two fastest on time. Yeah, heat two is a death heat.
0: On the topic of the men's 800, Ezra in the chat says, did Finley McClear from Miami of Ohio run in the 800? I thought he'd get second at NCAA, so I'd assume he'd run.
1: Hopefully, I mean, he's trolling me. Or if he's not, then God bless you. No, uh, yeah, of but no, he's – he,
0: he... he represents yeah, I guess... Great Britain. That's, yeah. It's funny. It's funny that people keep – I'm I'm
1: taking all my my appreciation of Finley McClear and I'm putting it into Shane Strike. That's what I'm doing. Again, this is the Shane Strike podcast. Until he goes home devastated,
0: or goes home um,
1: victorious, who knows?
0: We, women's 800, women's eight, or sorry, women's 400. Yeah. Excuse me, women's 800 has not happened yet. Uh, top three plus the next two. So I'll just read the names: Hastings, Francis, Stepter, Baines, Felix, Anderson, Ellis, Beard, and then Diggs, and then Heat two: Robinson, Bechtel, Whitney, Jonathan, Irby, Hayes, Manson, and. Uh, Avini,
1: again oh, yeah, heat two to, to again.
0: Repeat, to, to repeat what I said before, I think no, I, I think it's heat. I think it's heat one because Anderson you talked about I think is a bit of a wild card, and you know Ellis Beard and Felix are going to be solid, and talitha Diggs is just coming off a runner-up finish at NCAA's. I think one is the harder heat. It's true, I, right. I mean, but two, two you got Whitney, Jonathan Irby, and Hayes in the and middle Hayes. of it. Yeah. yeah, I mean, I think that probably will end up being the eight, the eight that I named right there going – or maybe I named nine, uh, but that will be the, the the crux of it. And All then right. we have – Men's four. Men's four. So my pick, my pick was Norman, uh, Cherry, and Randolph Ross. Randolph Ross is going to be in lane four. So he's still got a, a decent lane. I don't feel as confident in him as I did before, but then I'm thinking, why am I reading that much into a first round? I should probably, should probably yeah. wait. What he did at the NCAA Championships, a bit more than that. I think we'll see. You know, did did Michael Norman read Michael Johnson's tweet? I think we'll see. If he goes out and rips <laughs> a 43-8, then we'll say, hey, you know, he was on he was online uh, last night. But I think you're going to see a fair amount of uh, college kids get through. I think it's completely reasonable to see. Godwin, Williams, uh, Ross, I, yeah, I th- yeah, and Stewart. I think you could. I think the over under would almost be four college kids to the finals. Yeah. What do you sure. What do you think?
1: I mean, four. you look at the first heat. The first heat has Jacory Patterson, who's a college kid, Tyler Johnson, Godwin, Williams, Willie, and Deadman. Six of the eight people are college kids, so we're going to get a lot of college yeah. kids in the into this
0: final. Yeah. Okay, and then – well, then the women's 100. That's the only thing that's that's left. So we've already done the predictions. I don't want to change too much based on what we saw today. As I said, I think you have – I think you have to worry about that third spot. But I'm rolling still with uh, Richardson and Oliver, one and two. Yeah, Felix is ready. One step at a time, one day at a time. Day one, check. That's right. She was solid. She was solid did, out there
1: you think she wrote that caption or someone wrote that for her?
0: So people, I didn't know this was a thing, but people really stress out about Instagram captions. And people have told me before, they're like, ah, I just, I'm not good at Instagram captions. And I said, is that really something really? that you think about? And I get, there's probably people out there that are paid to write really good Instagram captions. I don't do Instagram there's, barely at yeah. all, so I don't know.
1: And there's two types of captions. There's the ones that Allison just did where it's like kind of stoic, like short, sweet. With the, like yeah, maybe yeah. a little bit of an emoji check mark. But then you have to like pour out your heart 10000 word essay about you know the breakup you're going through with a watermelon, you know, and it's just like okay, it's watermelon. Let's <laughs> well, just it's fine. You know, people take pictures of fruit and then talk about the time that they got all in right, trouble listen. with you know the law. I don't know.
0: Listen, I don't know what you're talking about at all. But here's what's going to happen. If people want to put questions in the chat, you have 60 seconds to put questions, predictions, whatever, in the chat. We'll take a couple minutes to answer them. And while we do that, Gordon will have his latest installment of 60 Seconds of Sixers. Ready, set, go.
1: Um, my Sixers are back from the dead. It was hard dealing with game five. But this is what I told myself. I told myself that for some reason Sixers fans are in a weird time universe where they're forced to watch – Game six before game five and game five after game six. Meaning, mm-hmm. in reality, the Sixers went up 3-2 and then they blew that lead to go back down 3-3 for game seven. It wasn't the other way around. Everything's normal. Sixers are going to win by 25 in Philly with Ben Simmons on the bench, apparently, because he can't, he can't do anything except pass and, and defend. He's becoming Matisse Thibel. But you pay him thirty-five million dollars. Mm-hmm. I don't know what's going on. Anyway, ten seconds. It's okay Nine, though. We got to get this. We just got to get the win seven, on Father's Day. Embiid's seven, a new father. Five, You're gonna have to watch it with three, me, Kevin. It's gonna be great. Two, Hopefully, I'm in a good mood one. for the Sunday podcast. That's all I
0: got. Time is up. Let me just tell people who are watching and listening. I watched sort of the game with Gordon because uh, everything was going on at once. He's a complete lunatic. It's not even debatable. I mean, I thought I was bad when my teams were involved. <laughs> Completely unhinged not screaming but just in a mood and then Silence. when it got close at the end wandering around i wasn't allowed to like touch that it, all the all the superstitions were out It was very very interesting let's jump into the chat here real quick um does kevin now have Tier on his 5k team after watching the 10 you know that's a great question because i'm looking at gordon's 5k rankings fisher chalimo Tyr, lamong Bohr, mcgordy hawker kincaid clecker Nico Young and Ben True. So if you take LeMong out, if he's hurt, if you put McGordy in the, st- in, the steeple, in the steeple. Yeah, it's like the amount of people left are, are pretty low. I mean, you, you feel good about uh, Tier mixing it up with those guys. But, I mean, I don't want to change my picks. But, yeah, those guys who were hurt today, who did not finish the 10K, I don't think you're very optimistic about it. Just because Bernard Lagat did it in 2016 doesn't mean it's gonna it's gonna happen. Um, will Doc Rivers get fired after the Sixers loss? No, we can't do that now. We're staying on track. Not yet.
1: Uh, Any concern for Michael
0: Norman? I don't know. Why why are people concerned about Michael Norman? I don't know. All the people to be concerned about, why are people concerned about Michael Norman? I don't I don't understand. Maybe because there's a whole segment
1: about it, maybe. I don't
0: know. No, I mean people watched and they probably saw the Michael Johnson tweet and they thought it was he's in peril. I think he's fine. Uh, a lot of people yeah. asking about twenty Shateri yeah, i don't i would be I would be surprised if she's able to rally and get on the team. I think if she's able to make the final, I think it would be uh, a big a big success. I think two things are happening in that race: the veterans are rallying, and the college get, like Sturgis is holding. I think that's and we, you you get down to only a few spots. all it takes is a couple people um ahead of you that you didn't anticipate and then you are you're quickly out of the mix but you know gordon mentioned tiana daniels i was talking about JVN oliver they they came to play they were ready gabby thomas they were all they were all there so that just makes things uh, much much tougher um so i think if she gets through to the i mean her heat is let's see she's in lane one in a heat with desiree bryant Aaliyah hobbs jv oliver gabby thomas mckay briscoe english garner and a Kinnison. That's tough heat. <laughs> that's, that's a tough heat, and it's top three plus the next two fastest. I mean, they're all they're all tough heats at this point, right? We talked, okay, the, you can cruise through the first round, and then it turns quickly into this is real tough.
1: You know what? This may be coming from left field, and it could be completely not real, but part of track and field is not just physical. There's a mental aspect. And her mm-hmm. coach, right after they won a national title, is leaving for Georgia, Carol Smith. So she's now Georgia. So maybe dealing with like that coaching change, like, Hey, my coach that I've had for four years is going across the country. And you're kind of mm-hmm. like dealing with that. And I know like, that's not something that I'm sure she's still coaching her here through the trials. It's not like she got on the plane to Georgia already, but maybe that's a factor of like dealing with like the high of, You're winning a national championship, and then the low of like, oh, my coach is leaving. And now I got to figure out what I'm doing with the rest of my career. I don't want, I don't know if I want to move to Georgia and follow her, this, that, and the other thing. That could be a factor. I'm not saying it is, but hey, mental games are a thing. We talk, I talk about, you wonder if the whole Shelby Houlihan story is going to affect the Bowerman athletes. Well, so far, it hasn't affected Kincaid and Fisher because they just easily went one, two in the 10K. The, the women we have yet to really see if they've only they haven't really been challenged yet. But mental is a part of the game, and when it's outside distractions, it could mess up. It can hit you on the track, so that could be a factor. And and
0: I'll, and, and, and I, I know I said before, hey, like fifth in the heat, that's tough to, to rebound from. It is the hundred. Maybe there was just some issue with the start. Maybe that's able to get cleaned up again. I didn't. I didn't get a chance yet to watch all the replays of, of the race and figure out. Uh, if you could see what the issue was with her, but my my point is more, it's like the the competition is very stiff, so it's it's like you're gonna have to figure out a way to 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 run, you know, another ten nine type of race here. I'm gonna go quickly through these other questions. Uh, why did Cranny DNS the fifteen? Because she wanted to run the five. Um, yeah. DC Knoll asks Ellie Hennes, a contender in the five. She looked good today.
1: I mean everyone looked good in the five, so no,
0: not not in my mind yet. I think we got there's just a different tier. There. Yeah, there's a yeah. different tier. You got Norris, you got Schneider, you got Cranny, you got Schweizer. Right? Yeah. That's the that's the top tier, those four. Yeah. Uh do you think yeah. Lopez is gonna try the five K? If I think this I'll was if this was a I, I put him as questionable if this was a major yeah. major sport like football or basketball this one was questionable. Uh Jim says if Grant Fisher repped Canada, because remember he had the opportunity, right? Um He did. Wh- uh, where do they rank among distance powers right now? Sneaky smart move to go with choosing the to race for team USA. <laughs> yeah, he'd have he'd have justin, he'd have yeah. justin Knight and, and Mohamed, but Canada would be nuts right now. Canada would be going wild. They got a lot of bodies up there.
1: That would be fun. He made uh, you think he like made the harder decision, but he might have actually made the easier decision looking back on it.
0: It's crazy. Someone have if Gatlin retires if he doesn't make top three. No, I think he'd run on the relay. So I think as long as he gets in the top six. Top six. Oh I think he's gonna I think he's gonna do the the home world championships next year. I think he'll come back for next year. Uh, I don't know. And then and then the year after that, and the year after that, and he's never gonna retire. <laughs> uh, how do you feel about Nico? being that he had more time to focus on the trials.
1: I, I think low-key Nico might actually run really well because he is didn't do NCAAs, and I think he's a talent. And I think he just got – he had a bad day or bad race in a yeah. weird time trial-type, like, prelim-type competition. And I think Nico Young will make the final and finish top 10. I don't think he's going to be top three, but I could see him finishing between 7 and 10.
0: that will be – uh, Ethan asks, worried about Bryce Hopple. I'm not. No. If if the injury thing didn't get brought up in the press conference, it would not have been in my mind based on running. I know other people in the chat, Kyle says Hopple did not look great to me. But the, that's the tough thing. You don't know if there's managing effort or if there's an yeah. actual issue. Um, Frank says asks, should her to have entered the 15 instead of the 800?
1: Maybe. Yeah. Especially when we take Shelby out, the 15 just becomes a two spot opportunity, right? Mm-hmm. With with L. Puria basically being the only lock, and then there's two people. There's two spots open.
0: Yeah. All right. Thanks for all the questions and the comments. Hey, on one e- last thing. Yeah.
1: One last thing. Tomorrow, uh, the the men's 100 meter first round heat four has Noah Lyles, Ronnie Baker, and Fred Curley. So we see it right away. Oh, wow. In heat four. <laughs> Especially Baker going up against Curly, because Baker talked about on our site about getting to race Curly and his and their his event. Uh I'm yeah. excited to see that. Lyles, Baker, and Curly in the first round.
0: That'll be fun. The track gods are smiling on us with these yes. heat sheets. That's good. That's good. Uh okay, so we'll be back tomorrow again to recap it. You can tune in live right after the last event to the Flow Track Podcast YouTube channel. Stay tuned to to flow track for all the post-race interviews insight analysis check out our new site check out oh there's a new site look you can find everything it's podcast heavy folks so if you're a podcast fan you'll love the new site thanks to colt for producing thanks to travis for producing thanks to my new roommate gordon mack who lives upstairs gordon i'm moving in you don't have any kids i have three at home we'll talk to you guys tomorrow (laughs)